0: Welcome. Hello, I'm Laura. I will be reading 1 Kings chapter 6 from the World English Bible. In the 480th year after the children of Israel had come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over Israel, in the month Ziv, which is the second month, he began to build Yahweh's house. The house which King Solomon built for Yahweh had a length of sixty cubits, and its width twenty, and its height thirty cubits. The porch in front of the temple of the house had a length of twenty cubits, which was along the width of the house. Ten cubits was its width in front of the house. He made windows of fixed lattice work for the house. Against the wall of the house he built floors all around against the walls of the house all around both of the temple and of the inner sanctuary, and he made side rooms all around. The lowest floor was five cubits wide, and the middle was six cubits wide, and the third was seven cubits wide, for on the outside he made offsets in the wall of the house all around, that the beams should not be inserted into the walls of the house. The house, when it was under construction, Was built of stone prepared at the quarry, and no hammer or axe or any tool of iron was heard in the house while it was under construction. The door for the middle side rooms was in the right side of the house. They went up by winding stairs into the middle floor and out of the middle into the third. So he built the house and finished it, and he covered the house with beams and planks of cedar. He built the floors all along the house. Each five cubits high, and they rested on the house with timber of cedar. Yahweh's word came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this house which you are building, if you will walk in my statutes, and execute my ordinances, and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then I will establish my word with you, which I spoke to David your father I will dwell among the children of Israel, and will not forsake my people Israel. So Solomon built the house, and finished it. He built the walls of the house within with boards of cedar; from the floor of the house to the walls of the ceiling he covered them on the inside with wood, and he covered the floor of the house with cypress boards. He built twenty cubits on the back part of the house with boards of cedar, from the floor to the ceiling. He built them for it within, for an inner sanctuary, even the most holy place. In front of the temple sanctuary was forty cubits. There was cedar on the house within, carved with buds and open flowers. All was cedar. No stone was visible. He prepared an inner sanctuary in the middle of the house within to set the ark of Yahweh's covenant there. Within the inner sanctuary was twenty cubits in length and twenty cubits in width and twenty cubits in its height. And he overlaid it with pure gold, and he covered the altar with cedar. So Solomon overlaid the house within with pure gold. He drew chains of gold across before the inner sanctuary, and he overlaid it with gold. He overlaid the whole house with gold until all the house was finished. He also overlaid the whole altar that belonged to the inner sanctuary with gold. In the inner sanctuary he made two cherubim of olive wood. Each ten cubits high. Five cubits was the one wing of the cherub, and five cubits the other wing of the cherub. From the tip of one wing to the tip of the other was ten cubits. The other cherub was ten cubits. Both the cherubim were of one measure and one form. One cherub was ten cubits high, and so was the other cherub. He set the cherubim within the inner house. The wings of the cherubim were stretched out so that the wing of the one touched. The one wall and the wing of the other cherub touched the other wall, and their wings touched one another in the middle of the house. He overlaid the cherubim with gold. He carved all the walls of the house around with carved figures of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, inside and outside. He overlaid the floor of the house with gold, inside and outside. For the entrance of the inner sanctuary, he made doors of olive wood, The lintel and doorposts were a fifth part of the wall. So he made two doors of olive wood, and he carved on them carvings of cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, and overlaid them with gold. He spread the gold on the cherubim and on the palm trees. He also did so for the entrance of the temple doorposts of olive wood, out of a fourth part of the wall, and two doors of cypress wood. The two leaves of the one door were folding and the two leaves of the other door were folding. He carved cherubim, palm trees, and open flowers, and he overlaid them with gold fitted on the engraved work. He built the inner court with three courses of cut stone and a course of cedar beams. The foundation of Yahweh's house was laid in the fourth year, in the month Ziv. In the eleventh year, in the month Bul, which is the eighth month, the house was finished throughout all its parts and according to all its specifications. So he spent seven years building it. That is the end of chapter six. When I had been doing some research previously in the chronology of the Old Testament by Dr. Floyd Nolan Jones, that I have mentioned a couple of times, I had kept running across this reference to 480 years. So when I read this chapter, I knew there was stuff in there, so I went and I looked it all up again, and it made a lot more sense after having read through what we've read through in Samuel and in Kings. Specifically, if you look at pages 23 and 24 in the chronology of the Old Testament, it places this beginning of the building at 1012 BC or 1012 BC, and then from this, it also then you can count backwards to the Exodus being at 1491 BC. It turns out that this reference in 1 Kings 6.1 is crucial to doing a chronology of the Old Testament. And of course, I'm not going to go into everything I read in that book, but I highly recommend that you look at it. It's just fascinating. Then regarding the dimensions of this temple, I did some math for you and found out that sixty. Cubits is roughly 102 feet or 31.2 meters, and that makes 20 cubits approximately 10.4 meters or 34 feet, and then 10 cubits is about 17 feet. Now, this is using the dimensions for what is called the royal cubit, and that will be explained in the article I link to. Verse 11, where Yahweh sends word to Solomon, seems to be between the framing and all the other details of building. And it seems to be emphasizing that just building the temple doesn't guarantee anything. It is what is in their hearts that matters. But then we get onto the building, and there's lots of cedar covering stone and gold overlaying and great detail, all kinds of new things. Even the altar is new, but the ark is the same. And then in verse 23, we get to the two cherubim. Now, the first time we hear of cherubim is in Genesis three twenty-four, where they guard Eden. And then we hear about them again in Exodus 25, 18, where the Israelites through Moses are instructed to create the images of the cherubim on the mercy seat, which is like the lid to the ark. I never really thought about that connection before. The cherubim seemed to indicate the holiness of God that we cannot enter into safely in a state of sinfulness without um, righteousness imputed to us by faith in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to read to you um, some other scriptures that talk about the cherubim related to God. But first, let me mention Exodus 24, where there is one of the Ten Commandments that specifically talks about making graven images, so I think if you take these two things together, you can be clear that that commandment is talking about idols, not just about any art or replica, because they are specifically commanded to make the replicas of the cherubim. So, for other verses referencing the cherubim, let me read to you number seven eighty-nine, and when Moses went into the tent of meeting to speak with the Lord he heard the voice speaking to him from above the mercy seat that was on the Ark of the Testimony from between the two cherubim, and it spoke to him. Then there are several verses speaking about the Lord of hosts who is enthroned on the cherubim, such as 1 Samuel 4.4, 1 Samuel 6.2, and then in 2 Kings, Hezekiah specifically refers to God this way when he's praying to him. The verse says, And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord, the God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. And lest you think this is just in reference to the ark, and they only thought this because they had the cherubim on the ark, we're going to go to Isaiah and Ezekiel. In Isaiah chapter 6, he records having had at least a vision of God in the heavens. And so when he says in chapter 37, verse 16, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, enthroned above the cherubim, you are the God, you alone of all the kingdoms of the earth, you have made heaven and earth. I think we can take him pretty seriously. And then Ezekiel had similar experiences, and I will mention Ezekiel 10.1, where he says, Then I looked, and behold, on the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim, there appeared above them something like a sapphire, in an appearance like a throne. And Ezekiel goes on to mention the cherubim several times in that chapter. And the cherubim are mentioned specifically in Psalm 80, verse 1, and Psalm 99, verse 1. So you can see that the cherubim definitely reflect the heavenly realm and the greatness of God, and they seem to know what they looked like at that point in time. Verse 37 gives us the time frame for everything. It's very specific, and I refer you back to the chronology of the Old Testament because he says that this is a pivotal verse for mapping out the chronology of the Bible. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. That is the Bible News Press segment for today